All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. So I've gotten a two-game suspension for cross-checking a guy in the back of the helmet. I think those are things that have nothing to do with hockey or the game. I mean, it was a dirty hit. A full-blown, intentional cross-check to the face. One game. But the league's going to take care of it. You know, I don't think anyone really understands how the process works. It needs to change. Moving forward, it's definitely something that's going to have to be looked at in the next CBA. The Department of Discipline. What's this? Who am I? What's olds? Pender. My, my name is Ryan Pender. Who's that? that was, Jay Rose Hill here, man. Are we doing this thing or what? Rosie, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm excited. We got a new pod to drop and we want to tell people about it. Am I right? Heck yes, man. Now listen, I've seen you on Least Morning Take with our boy, uh, Big Save, Nick Alberga. I know you've caught the odd uh, barn burner here or there. We've done pods, but there's something missing out there that I'm hoping we can fill the void with. I'm excited to do it because I've been a little bit frustrated lately. This day and age, there's too many people who want to see certain things and talk about certain topics, and you just can't find it anywhere. And I know that the big world that is HockeyFights.com, they're looking for more, and I think we're here to provide it. Are you pulling punches already? Certain things? Come on now, give us specifics. What is being missed out there that we need to talk about on the show? Well, everything they don't want to show you on big networks because maybe they're controversial. Maybe they're going to rub someone the wrong way. I don't think we're going to be scared to talk about that. Your background, you're not scared to get into it. Everyone knows that who follows Barn Burner. And I'm kind of sick and tired of tiptoeing around everything that there is out there this day and age. So when things come up, let's get into it. If it rubs people the wrong way, that's fine. That's what it's all about. Let people decide for themselves what they think is right and what they think is wrong. And we'll just be here to provide it for them. So I'm not going to give you a Vesna prediction. I'm not going to tell you my Connor McDavid wins the Art Ross. So what sort of topics are we talking about? What, what has hit you this summer where it's like, this is what our show is made for? Well, let me start from the top of my head. I go to the Olds Grizzlies AJHL game and they're all wearing cages now. A new full face mask rule has been implemented for junior A hockey players. It's being brought in to promote player safety, but not everyone likes the idea. Things like that are happening. There's no fighting left in the QMJHL. You're not even allowed to. You get suspended. The Quebec Junior Hockey League was once legendary for its bench-clearing brawls, but now the league known as the Q is saying no more. That's something that's going in an interesting direction. Hockey Canada comes out and says kids aren't even allowed to dress into their undergear in the dressing room. A new Hockey Canada policy requires all minor hockey players to arrive at the rink in their base layer or use a private stall to change into it. It's called the dressing room. That's where you get changed. Hey, I'm, what I'm are all, we doing here? I'm, I'm all about preventing the perverts and stuff like that, but I mean, <laughs> the kids lining up in single file to change in a piss-covered stall is not my idea of a solution. 
Well, and here's the thing. I mean, there's some kids that just, that wasn't real comfy for them. They'd show up in their gear. Are you not Absolutely. allowed to get dressed at home now? What the hell's the problem with that? Absolutely. That's what you should do. It should be your choice. But today and age, everyone wants to regulate the hell out of you, doesn't it? You know what? We're gonna have to make some rules on this podcast. No, just kidding. We're good. I feel like that's all the other podcasts. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. We're going to tackle some of that stuff. And I feel like every week and with each passing year, it's more a hit that would have been deemed just playing hockey when you started playing is now up for how many games, not is it suspendable? It's how many games? Like, we're going to have a lot of that this year. You know, I'm tired of people pointing the finger at guys that are trying to play tough hockey. There's dirty hits and there's not dirty hits. And it seems like that line is so blurred. It's time someone broke it down and actually said what they thought about certain plays out there and what the injustice or not is to the suspension that's handed out. And that's always a hot topic, too. And I love it when people don't really agree on that type of thing because you could debate it for hours. Here's one of the things that I think we've lost the art of in this game, receiving physicality. I feel like we talk about, oh, kids don't hit anymore, they don't fight anymore. And yeah, it's less events of that occur if you go back to the mid-90s look. But I think the bigger discrepancy, people don't know how to take hits. People don't understand what's going to happen if you turn a certain way in a certain spot of the ice. I watched Jacob Pelche get lost month to month here in Calgary with a shoulder injury. And it's like, why did you turn into a player right in front of the boards? It's incredible, isn't it? Especially these NHL defensemen these days with their agility and balance. It's next to none. They've never been better on their skates, yet they're falling at the most awkward positions. They're turning right into pressure. These guys have hockey sense. They've made it to that league for a reason. And then certain positions, they act like they've never even been on skates before, yard sailing headfirst into the boards like they didn't know it was hit hockey. It's become frustrating. I think it's time to shed a little bit of light on the guys who are choosing to take these, I don't want to call them dives all the time, but certainly no attempt to protect themselves. And it's just put the hockey in a vulnerable position. It's put the league in a vulnerable position. What do you do about this? And I think a lot could be solved where guys just decide to protect themselves out there like they used to. Okay, so let's look at your career really quickly. You're from Olds, Alberta Junior Hockey League, NCAA. You go play 117 NHL regular season games. You get over to the EIHL in the UK, which is actually known for having some of the heaviest of heavyweights. Go finish their careers there. Brian McGratton, amongst others. Uh, When did you first realize, uh uh-oh, I might be in trouble here with this one? It was about, what is it, 2010-11, I believe. The media just started going bananas with uh, ganging up against the physicality of hockey, uh, writing scathing reviews and articles about every fighter, every hit, and they like to like roll that snowball at the top of the hill and see how big they can make it. And it was really that summer where, very, very sad summer, we lost Rick Rippon, Wade Belak and Derek Bugard all in the same summer. And they were all very different incidents, very different situations. But the media just loved to say how many more people need to die before they take fighting out of hockey. And it was it was just interesting to watch because I was right in the thick of it. I knew the tides were turning and my career was cut short because of it. No question. Yeah. And that is interesting because those are very different situations, but they happen at the same time. And it's really convenient to just say, oh, all these three things are the same thing, right? Yeah. And it's a problem with journalism these days. You know, I remember when a guy would go up to the broadcast booth, they'd take their notes, they'd watch the game, they'd come down to the dressing room 
ask the questions, get the sound bites, and they go write their article. Now they come swaggering in, telling everyone how the game's supposed to be played, what the rules need to be, what's acceptable and what's not. Meanwhile, the players are sitting there going, uh, this is our game. We're kind of the ones that decide that. And it's kind of the arrogance of the media these days that they think they can decide how this age-old game is going to be played. Yeah, and I see the pressure from the other side. The NHL is not the mom-and-pop shop of 22 teams that we saw in the early 90s before expansion. This is a billion-dollar entity. I believe revenues are projected between 6 and $7 billion this year. Uh, did you notice the people that run leagues are lawyers, Jay? Have you seen that? <laughs> like, well, where did Gary play his career? I'm trying to remember what team he – was it Hartford? Oh, he no. didn't play? Oh, he was a lawyer. Yeah, like th- right. this, this is affecting the rules, man. Like they're worried about protecting themselves in lawsuits more than they are about the state of the game. A hundred percent. I mean, look at the NFL. They're writing six and seven hundred million dollar checks because the lawyers are so far up their asses. They don't know what to do, and it's going to change the game. I understand that, and you're going to have to balance the game that we play. That's a physical body contact game with trying to protect people's heads. We have more data and more technology to understand what it's like to take a shot to the head. But, I mean, unless your plan is to turn this into a no-hit, I think you're going to have to understand there's going to be injuries and you're not going to be able to regulate your way out of concussions and lawsuits. And you just got to understand, when you're in this league, it's full contact and you're going to get your head wrung once in a while. We hope it doesn't happen that often. But, man, you can't let the lawyers just ruin this game. You know who I sympathize with and who I'm really hoping will sympathize with us because he's going to take some heat on this podcast? The man with the toughest job in the NHL, George Peros. (laughs) I mean, there's a guy that that understands the role, but also has to answer to Gary Bettman and also has to deal with past precedent that's been set. I mean, is that the most thankless job there is in hockey? Everyone hates every decision. And it's almost like if a guy is suited to be in, you know, NHL management and in that brass situation, if you want to get in the door, you're going to have to do this job for a couple of years. It's the job that no one wants to do. I remember when Brendan Shanahan took it over. He was one of my favorite players growing up. And some of the things he had to say about the rules, and I'm sure he was handcuffed by him, but I was just sick in that what he was doing to the game, what he was forcing players to do. Now it's George's job. I got to say that it's nice to have a guy that has played the game at a high level with, you know, a tough, tough uh, demeanor to him as Peros was. It's nice. At least you got a guy in the job that can see things from both sides. I tell you, if you can handle the media firestorm that that job brings, why not bring a guy in and to be a GM talking to the local media ain't hard compared to that. Uh, So, Hey, look, we're going to try to do this weekly. We think there's a missing sort of conversation out there around the sport of hockey. This is going to be an attempt at filling that hole. I want to hear your full take on fighting being banned in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I want to get your thoughts on Hockey Canada telling people how to do everything. It feels like, boy, they have a lot of time and, and effort to tell us how to do everything. Isn't it interesting? Uh, and then also every week we're going to see hits and or fights or incidents that are just a little more controversial than they used to be where it was just a part of the game. So I think that's what I'd love us to bring on a weekly basis to this great platform, Hockey Fights, that people love. And I also think it would be kind of fun if we had a belt out there. Who's the guy? Who's got the belt? Like you got to beat the man to be the man. We'll see how the season goes. There's some guys that have been racking up majors over the last few years. There are still a few guys cut from old cloth. Let's make sure we get them there too this year as well. You bet. I'm thinking maybe fight of the week, uh, go back to some old school scraps, comparing different fighters. It's all endless, right? And it's nice that there's a place where people can go to get that kind of stuff this day and age because it sure is few and far between. Boy, and you know what? I just wish that former fighters had good stories to tell too because I feel like we could bring them in. But uh, <laughs> Well, you know what we should do? And you know what? They do have good stories. Let's aim for that as well. It's about that. Let's do it, man. I'm excited.
Be sure to subscribe and follow the Department of Discipline, a Hockey Fights podcast. Also, be sure to check us out on the Hockey Fights YouTube channel.